Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. God is a great God. He's a great God. You can take your seats. Hallelujah. Praise God. And I asked them, I asked them to sing those songs uh, today for a specific purpose because today we're going to talk about the love of God. We're going to talk about living a life of love. So if you have your, your Bibles, we're going to go on a little journey here really quick. Um, and actually, I'm going to be the note pusher again tonight. So ushers are in the aisles. If you don't have any paper and you need something to write on, go ahead and lift your hand. If you need a pen, I believe they have some of those as well. As we always say, it's good to write things down. I don't know the statistic, but I think you remember maybe 10% of what you hear or 15% of what you hear, something like that. But when you write it down, you actually retain more. So it's good to write things down. And I may say something tonight, and you're like, man, what was that that he said? Well, you've got paper and a pen, you can write it down. <laughs> and remember for later. It's good to take notes. Especially, especially going, through a, going through life and... Uh, you know, again, I may say some things tonight that you will need throughout this week between now and Sunday before we come back and hear another word. We're going to start in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4 through 8, and we're going to jump down to verse 13. I'm reading uh, in the NIV. It says, love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes always perseveres. And this is my favorite part. Love never fails. And then we're going to jump down to verse 13. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. So again, we're talking today about living a life of love and what that means. How can we live this life of love if you were here last week or you, you know, streamed it, I, I talked about um, the revelation that God had given me several years ago. I had taken um, a brief um, you know, time period. I'm going to try to keep from moving so I don't get out of the camera. Sorry, Avi. <laughs> I took a brief time, uh, uh, probably almost, almost close to a year, where the only thing that I studied on, the only thing that I read on was the love of God. And that was it because I needed to know God's love. I needed to encounter the love of God and um, so that I can really live um, the life to the full that God has given me. And in that time, in that period, um, I remember praying and asking God, you know, help me to walk in love today. 
And there were several days that I would do that. You know, at the end of my prayer, I would say, Father, help me to walk in love today. Help me to walk in love today. And one day, on one particular day, God stopped me and he said, well, son, you were created like me. You were created just like me. You were fashioned just like me. I am love. And the scripture says God is love. So if you were created like me, then you are love too. And so I realized that as much as I was telling God to help me to walk in love, I was subconsciously giving myself an out, giving myself an option to not walk in love. If I had to pray and ask him, Lord, help me to walk in love, I was basically saying to myself subconsciously that, listen, there's something that may arise today and I'm gonna have that choice, that decision not to walk in love. So I need you to help me to walk in it. But this helped to change my perspective, to change my mindset in the way uh, that I viewed that. And as uh, rather than telling God to help me to walk in love, I, I came to the understanding that I am love too. And so I don't have a decision to not love. I don't have a choice to not walk in love. When someone does something to me, my only decision, my only choice is to walk in love because it's who I am. It's to be love because it's who I am. It's not just something that I do, but it's who I am. So we're talking about living a life of love tonight. And when you have that understanding that love is not just what you do, but it's who you are, that's a key to experiencing the fullness of God's power. To experiencing the fullness of God's power in your life. Because you have an understanding of the love that God has for you. You, in fact, become a conduit, so to speak, a vessel for which love kind of flows out of. And so you see yourself as, okay, God loves me, and I take the, the love that God gives to me, and I just distribute that same love out to others. So it's not my love. It's not something that I can do within myself. And in fact, I wrote this quote. The quote says, your vertical relationship with God will determine the effectiveness of your horizontal relationship with others. Your vertical relationship with God will determine the effectiveness of your horizontal relationship with others. Because again, I'm, I'm realizing now that that this love that I have, this love that I'm showing to other people, it's not my love, it's God's love. So it, in essence, it kind of makes it a little easier because I'm just loving out of what he's loved me with. So the stronger my relationship is with God, the stronger my relationship can be with other people. I recognize that the more, the closer that I got, and this is for husbands, that the closer that I got to God, the more that I recognized how much he loved me, the more I was able to love my wife. As the scripture tells us as husbands, as men, to love our wives as Christ loved us, as Christ loved the church. And so as I come to that understanding of how much he loved me, it helped me to better love my wife. It helped me to better love my children because I know who my father is, I know who my daddy is, and I know how my daddy loves me, so now I can take that same love that my daddy gave to me and give that to my children. Well, you may say, well, I didn't have a daddy growing up. That's okay. Because you can have that same relationship with your father, 
your heavenly father. And as you get in his word and you understand how he fathers you, it will help you to better father your children. Glory to God. And so I like this portion in the scripture that we just read, 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8, because it talks about what love is and what love isn't, what love does and what love does not do. But I'm going to take a step back or up, I should say, uh, to 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 3, and I'm reading it in the Amplified because this particular part gives a few examples, if you will, of love and, and some specific examples. And it says, if I can speak in the tongues of men and even of angels, but have not love, that reasoning, intentional, spiritual devotion, such as is inspired by God's love for and in us, I am only a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. Somebody say irritating. <laughs> say aggravating. If I were to go up on that uh, on that stage and get in that drum cage and just start hitting the cymbals. No music, nothing else, no songs, no lyrics, just hitting the cymbals. In the beginning, it may be, okay, that was nice. But after a certain amount of time, you're like, okay, listen, if you hit that cymbal one more time, listen, that's irritating, that's aggravating. And so if we look at this scripture, it says, listen, you can speak with the tongues of men and angels. You can, do, you can have all the biblical knowledge that you want. You can, you can say that you know God like no other, but listen, if you don't have love, you become irritating to God. I'm gonna step out on a limb and say that. In essence, you become irritating to God. He says, and if I have prophetic powers, the gift of interpreting the divine will and purpose, and understand all the secret truths and mysteries and possess all knowledge. And if I have sufficient faith so that I can remove mountains but have not love, remember this part, God's love in me, I am nothing, a useless nobody. I like that part. A useless nobody. I just talked about having all of that biblical knowledge. Listen, you can know the word from front to back, quote scriptures, know the chapters, the verse, everything. But if you don't have love, scripture says, I didn't say it, it's not my opinion, it's what the scripture says. You are a useless nobody. God can't use you. Because God operates out of love. That's the only way he operates. Why? Because that's who he is. Amen? Even if I dole out all that I have to the poor in providing food, and if I surrender my body to be burned or in order that I may glory, but have not love, again, here's that part, God's love in me, I gain nothing. You can give all that you have. Community service, outreach, offering, pledge, Tithes, you can give everything. Every time you see somebody that needs help, you just sow right into their lives. But listen, if you don't have love, you gain nothing. Absolutely nothing. You're just wasting your money <laughs> and wasting your time. Love, as one scripture says, is our highest aim. It should be our highest goal. Scripture says the fruit of the Spirit it's love, 
joy, peace, long-suffering, patience, self-control. Love is a fruit of the Spirit. So what does that mean? Listen, it's not my love. It's a fruit of the Spirit. So when the Holy Spirit comes to live on the inside of you, he brings fruit. And that fruit rests on the inside of you. Well, I don't know how to love like God loves. Well, you can learn. It's already in you. You don't have to pray for it. It's already on the inside of you. It's the fruit of the spirit. And the more you exercise it, the more you use it, the stronger you get. It's just like working out. I love lifting weights. I know I get on my, work, my, my wife's nerves all the time because it's like, I got to go to the gym. I got to go to the gym. If I miss a day, I got to go, you know, go a little extra. She's like, just sit down and rest. No, I got to go to the gym because I have to exercise these muscles. And the point that I stop, muscles start getting weak, different things of that nature. It's the same thing with the fruit of the spirit. It's the same thing with your faith. The more you exercise it, the stronger it gets. Glory to God. The fruit of the spirit, love, is something that we all need in our lives. And the fruit of the spirit is proof to others, to believers, or to not unbelievers, I should say, that you're a follower of Christ. Can I tell you that salvation is not proof to other people that you're a follower of Christ? You can pray like nobody else, shake the building, and I mean, just, just some shining heaven down kind of prayers. But can I tell you that that's not proof to other people that you're a follower of Christ? You can know the word front to back, quote scriptures. We just talked, I just said, mentioned that. But can I tell you that's not proof? to other people that you are a follower of Christ. So what is the proof that we have to show people that we follow Christ? Love. If there, uh, a prime example, uh, if there was a police officer driving in a police car, got the symbols all on the side, the lights on the top, he steps out the car, he's got the boots, he's got the full uniform, the belt, the flashlight, handcuffs, the gun. He's got everything that shows that he's a police officer. But what is your proof to know that this man has authority? What is the proof to show you that this man is who he says he is? He can drive, I can go to an auction and buy a police car. I can go to a costume store and get a full police uniform. But what is proof to you that I'm a police officer and that I have authority? My badge. My badge tells you that this man means what he says. The badge of every believer is love. The badge of every child of God is love. It is the proof. Scripture says it in John 13 and 35. It says, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. Why? By the love that you show. That's our proof, church. That's our proof, children of God. 
the love that we show. Not salvation, not knowing the word, not being able to pray, not even signs, miracles, and wonders. <laughs> even the Bible says that these signs will follow those that believe. They can heal the sick, they can raise the dead. They can work signs, miracles, and wonders, but those signs follow those that believe. You can have faith and do that. You can do all of that and not operate in love. Wow. And not operate in love. Love is our badge. It is our proof that we are followers of Christ. Now, sometimes it's hard to love. You agree? It's hard to love sometimes. Because sometimes people don't give you reason to love. They don't give you a reason to love them. I won't even say sometimes, I'll say most times. <laughs> I mean, I know in my own house, there are times that I don't give my wife reason to love me. <laughs> but I'm just so awesome, she, she loves me all the time. <laughs> Lord, I just told a lie right in the church. <laughs> Sometimes people don't give us reason to love. And I think I missed my first point, which is okay, because I'm going to take a step back. But in that first uh, scripture in chapter First uh, um, Corinthians 13, where it talks about God's love in us. Listen, that's a God kind of love. It's supernatural. And again, I'm gonna take a step back to my first point. My first point, God's love, the God kind of love is not human. It's supernatural. We don't have the natural ability in ourselves to love like God loves. Why? Because the way God loves is unconditional. We've got the eros love, that, that uh, erotic love, the love that a man has for a woman, a husband has for a wife. You've got the phileo love, that's that brotherly love, but then you've got that agape love, that unconditional love. In and of ourselves, we love with conditions. But through the power of God, we have the ability to love unconditionally. Well, how do we do that? Listen, when you're born again, when you accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit comes in, and we talked about that fruit of the Spirit. He comes in and he brings love and he pours and he infuses the love of God right on the inside of you. Romans chapter five, verse five, reading in Amplified, it says, such hope never disappoints or deludes or shames us for God's love has been poured out in our hearts, how? Through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. So that's how we get that love. We get that love by and through the Holy Spirit. As you accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you've already done it, if you haven't, we'll give you an opportunity at the end of the service. But when you accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, he came, the Holy Spirit came on the inside of you and put the God kind of love right there. 
So you have that ability to do so. Point number two, you must love others even when it's not easy to do so. You don't have a choice. As a child of God, you don't have a choice not to love. It is a mandate, it is a commandment from God that we love. Love one another as you love yourself. The greatest commandment that Jesus gave us. And the funny part is, you know, God asks us to love sometimes in the most unconventional ways. The most unconventional ways. Matthew chapter five, verse 43 through 48, and I'm gonna read it out of the message uh, translation. It says, you're familiar with the old written law, love your friend and its unwritten companion, hate your enemy. And this is Jesus talking, I'm challenging that. I'm telling you to love your enemies. Let them bring out the best in you, not the worst. I'm gonna stop right there really quick. How many of you have had, you know, one person, it could be a family member. If the family member sitting right next to you, don't raise your hand. <laughs> a coworker, a cousin, a neighbor, that it's just something about them that they just pull something out of you. It's like this, I don't know why you aggravate me the way you aggravate me. It's just something that you do. I just don't understand it. You just make me angry like nobody else. How many of you had somebody like that? Again, if they're sitting next to you, don't raise your hand. You can't blame it on me. <laughs> he says, let them bring out the best in you, not the worst. When someone gives you a hard time, respond with the energies of prayer for then you are working out of your true selves, your God-created selves. Your God-created selves. I'm gonna stop right there really quick. I'm gonna read further, but your God-created selves. Listen, I said earlier that God created us how? In his image and in his likeness. In Genesis chapter one, he says just that. Let us create man, let us make man in our image and in our likeness. Scripture says that God is a what? Spirit. So he first created us as spirit. And then we see over in Genesis chapter two was when he actually formed man, blew into him, and man became a living being, living soul. But he first made us as spirit, just like he is. So when somebody does you wrong, as the scripture said, Respond with energies of prayer because when, when you do that, you are working out of your God-creative selves. You are working just how God wants you to work. Just how he created you to work. And go on, this is what God does. He gives his best, the sun to warm and the rain to nourish to everyone regardless, the good and bad, the nice and nasty. If all you do is love the lovable, do you expect a bonus? Anybody can do that. Listen, children do that. My kids do that. He took my toy. You're not my friend anymore. He pushed me. He's not my friend anymore. I don't love him. He stepped on my foot. You can't play with my toys anymore. 
<laughs> Sounds like a kid, doesn't it? Listen, anybody can do that. If you simply say hello to those who greet you, do you expect a medal? <laughs> I love the message translation. Any run-of-the-mill sinner does that. And this is my favorite part, verse 48. In a word, what I'm saying is, grow up. Hey, I didn't say it. <laughs> it's right in the word. You see it in capital letters. Now, I put the capital letters, but it's, <laughs> it's there. What I'm saying is, grow up. That's how children act. Who cares if they don't speak to you? Speak to them anyway. Can I tell you that love will win them over? Really quick, and I'm not going to say exactly when it happened, but I had a neighbor. And this neighbor and I, we were, you know, we had a, you know, pretty nice relationship. You know, very cordial. We spoke and different things like that. He knew I was a believer. Um, knew that I was, you know, called to preach and all that other good stuff. He knew that. And one time something happened and it wasn't something that I did, literally, really, I didn't do anything. But I mean, this man just got so angry. I mean, every profane word you can think of. And I thought that was something, but then he started throwing racial slurs. I was like, whoa, what just happened? But at that point in time, I had an option. Am I gonna walk in love? Am I going to be love or am I going to respond in the same manner that he's responding? And I said, sir, I'm sorry. Even though I didn't do anything, I'm sorry. I apologize. It'll never happen again. Oh, I know it won't happen again. And I went in my house and I'm working out the scripture right here. And I started to pray. But I didn't pray, Father. God in heaven, shine, send fire down to his house, burn his house down, do this, do that. Revenge is mine, says the Lord. You take care of that. I didn't do that. I said, Father, help his heart. I had compassion for him. Because it was so sad that this man at his age had so much hate in his heart. Father, help him. I did what that scripture says. I used those energies of prayer, those prayer energies. I started to work in my God-created self. But imagine if I operated out of love, if I operated outside of love. A couple days went by, went back, and I actually took my wife down. He had never formally met my wife, but took her, took her down, and I said, hey, man, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing good. Hey, this is my wife, Lala. This is such and such, such and such. This is Lala. So nice to meet you. We started talking about the neighborhood and, you know, I could tell that he was kind of uneasy and a little uncomfortable because that thing was still just like kind of bothering him and he felt bad and I could see that he felt bad because the Holy Spirit told me in my prayer that that was going to happen. And then finally, a couple minutes through the conversation, he said, man, I just want to apologize. I'm sorry. I never should have acted like that. And I said, no, it's Okay. It's really okay, man. I forgive you. No, it's not okay. I never should have done that. Listen, man, God loves you, and I love you. It's okay. No, it's not okay. He just couldn't accept the forgiveness. But again, how much more? Now, this man is an atheist. 
He doesn't believe God. He doesn't believe in God. But do you think that that spoke a message to him? I operated out of John 13 and 35 that they will know that you are my disciples by the love that you show one to another. And we are presented with those opportunities day in and day out. Was it an easy task? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. It's a spiritual thing. And that's why you ask the Holy Spirit to help you. Listen, it's his fruit. It's not your fruit. It's his. And so you ask him to help you to walk in that fruit. Love allows you to pull up strife from the root. Can you admit that that was strife? Love allows you to pull that root up. You ever had weeds in your yard? You can have the prettiest yard, the greenest grass, and a weed pops up. Are you just gonna get the lawnmower and just go and cut the, cut the weed? No, because what's gonna happen? It's gonna grow right back. You cut it again, it's gonna do what? Grow right back. How do you make sure that that particular weed does not come back? You get down there and you pull it up from the root. Does that mean that other weeds won't pop up anywhere else? No, it's gonna happen. The weeds are gonna pop up. But every time that weed pops up, what do you do? Pull it up from the root. Strife is gonna come. But when it, when it comes up, what do you do? Love pulls it up from the root. Envy and jealousy is gonna come, but when it comes, what do you do? Pull it up from the root. That thing won't come back because love pulls it up from the root. Point number three, you must walk in love daily. I've got seven minutes. Man, that clock. First Corinthians chapter 14, verse one in the message, it says, go after a life of love as your life depended on it because it does. Talking about living a life of love, go after it as if your life depends on it. Can I tell you that the success or the failure, look at me, the success or failure of your life depends on how you walk in love. Whether you stand before God and hear, well done, depends on you living a life of love. Would you agree with that? In fact, we see it over in, in Matthew 7. Jesus said, there will be many that say, didn't I not cast out demons in your name? Didn't I not heal the sick in your name? Didn't I do all of these great exploits in your name? And what did Jesus say God's gonna say? Depart from me. I know you not. I'm gonna step out on a limb and assume that it was because these men didn't walk in love. Because they didn't live a life of love. They operated in the signs and in the miracles and the wonders. But Jesus didn't know them. God didn't know them. Why? Because God only knows love. <laughs> we've got to walk in love daily I've got this other quote whether we experience the fullness of God or not is based on if we live that life of love 
I'm gonna move really fast. Ephesians 3, 17 through 19. says, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established or grounded in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Listen, that love that surpasses knowledge, that's the supernatural love. Because if we have knowledge of it, that's natural. But it's a love that surpasses our knowledge. It's a supernatural kind of love. And to fully understand and walk in that love, you've got to have a revelation from God on his love and how much he loves you. Point number four, moving fast. Recognize that the greater one, love, lives in you. 1 John chapter 4, verse 4 says, You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. It's God who empowers you. It's God who enables you to live that life of love. And there are so many rewards, so many benefits to living in love. But how do you understand the love? How do you know the love? Listen, you've got to have a relationship with him. You've got to read your word. You've got to get in your word daily. Daily. I like how David says it in Psalm chapter one. He says, blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord in which he meditates both day and night. Does that mean that you walk around all day with your Bible? Reading scripture after scripture after scripture? No. You can, but can I tell you, you won't have any friends? <laughs> what does it mean to meditate, to chew on, to mull over, to ponder on? That means when I wake up in the morning and I spend my personal time, my personal devotion with God, if I get a word that, for instance, that I'm more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus, I'm walking throughout the day and I'm pondering on that word. Man. I'm more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. Wow, I am more than a conqueror through Christ. I am more than a conqueror. That hill right there, that obstacle, I am more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. That's what, that's what meditating day and night means. And it says the person that does that, that meditates on the word day and night, he will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, which bring forth what? Fruit. In his season, and his leaf will not wither. And I love this part. It says, whatsoever that that person does will prosper. The person that meditates on the word day and night will prosper. Really quick, darkness, the enemy cannot gain the upper hand when love is in control of your life. When love is controlling your life, there is absolutely nothing that the enemy can do. You'll always overcome. You'll always win. Hallelujah. Now, during that time, I got two minutes left. Now, during that time of spending, hey, don't laugh, Gary, <laughs> of spending that time with, with, with God and, and just feeding on the love of God, 
I'm gonna let you in on, on a secret. I was reading 1 Corinthians 13 every day, every day. I read it every single day, sometimes two, three, and four times a day. And when I came to that revelation and that knowledge that, uh, that because God is love and I'm created like him, I'm love, then I changed the way that I read that scripture. And so I'm gonna read this to you, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. I call this the Dave Miller version. And what I did was I replaced love with I. I am patient. I am kind. I do not envy. I do not boast. I am not proud. I do not dishonor others. I am not self-seeking. I am not easily angered. I keep no record of wrongs. I do not delight in evil, but I rejoice with the truth. I always protect I always trust, always hope, always persevere. And then my favorite part, you talk about encouragement, I never fail. You talk about encouraging yourself, I never fail. And you do this and you say this repeatedly, you start to believe it. You start to believe it. It gets in your mind. Romans 12 and 2 says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The renewing of your mind. The other scripture says that as a man thinks, so is he. So as you're constantly repeating that thing, repeating that thing, I'm not envious. I'm not jelly, jealous. I don't, I'm not jelly. I just got hungry. Peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> I never fail because the greater one lives on the inside of me. And because he doesn't fail, it is impossible for me to fail. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And as you begin to perfect that love walk, as you begin to perfect living a life of love, listen, you better get ready because you are positioning yourself to see the mighty hand of God move in such tremendous ways in your life like you've never seen before. Do you believe that? Hallelujah. Let's all stand. Glory to God. Living a life of love. Listen, it's not an easy thing. It's a God thing. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas, or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.